Hello, and welcome to Manifest the Big Stuff. I'm Greg Kuhn, the Law of Attraction Science Guy. I'm a writer, a speaker, podcaster, and an intentional manifesting coach. Please think of Manifest the Big Stuff as a tune-up or a check-in for manifestors looking to create their realities more intentionally, looking to create more pleasing versions of reality. In each episode, I share ideas, tips, techniques. They're all designed to help you become a more powerful architect of your reality. And I'm really excited to be with you today because this is the start of a new podcast season called Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life. In this series, I'm going to walk you through my latest use of my belief-raising process, a process that I write about extensively in my new book coming out September 5th, 2023, and that I've written about in many of the books that preceded that one. I invented this belief-raising process in 2007 to try to avoid a complete and total financial apocalypse. It worked so well, I had to start writing about it. Through the years, my belief-raising process has proven itself to work again and again because it actually grows your beliefs into alignment with your desires about almost anything in your life, which allows you to manifest versions of that part of your life, which truly are so much closer to your desires for them. I'm going to walk you through my use of it in real life and in real time, as each episode in this season of Manifest the Big Stuff will detail one step up my emotional reference chart. So you're going to get to see and hear me use my belief-raising process. Today, I'm going to explain what led to my creation of this belief-raising process in the first place. I'm also going to share about how I found myself in a position to use my belief-raising process again. And here's a hint. It's always based around a lack of fulfillment or some dissatisfaction with my life. And you don't want to miss it today when I read you my raw first journal entry for this belief-raising process, which sets the foundation for my latest trip up my emotional reference chart, which will, of course, continue in future episodes. Before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure to invite you to join my Facebook manifesting group today. It's called Manifest the Big Stuff with Greg Kuhn, Creating Our Realities Together. The link to this amazing group is in the description of this episode on whatever platform you're listening to it. You can also look it up on Facebook. Let's continue our discussion of my belief-raising process, taking it beyond the podcast and doing it within 
our vibrant manifesting community. Please join today. This, of course, is episode one in this new series of Manifest the Big Stuff called Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life. And it's episode one of what will be at least 16 episodes. This is a series demonstrating how I grow my beliefs into alignment with my desires using my belief raising process, which is front and center in my latest book, being released on September 5th, 2003, and many other books of mine, including How Quantum Physicists Build New Beliefs and Why Quantum Physicists Play Grow a Greater You. Both of those books are available right now on Amazon. Let's start with a story about why and how I created this belief-raising process. In early June 2007, I got a call from my attorney telling me that I had until September, and then the foreclosures would begin, all 15 of them. It was time, unfortunately, for me to begin looking at bankruptcy as a serious and necessary option for this incredible dilemma I found myself in. I was a little over $1 million in debt. I was upside down in an ill-advised side business, and I was about to lose my marriage and our home and wreck the lives of my entire family. On a personal level, perhaps worst of all, for the rest of my life, at every Thanksgiving and holiday, every family gathering, I was going to be that guy who did that to his family. I had a fantastic attorney and two wonderful realtors working with me. I spent my weekends working on all my properties. I've been doing all I could and they'd been doing all they could to sell them and hold off the foreclosures for almost a year now. But nothing had changed. And now, I was about to do the financial version of going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. At this point, I had nothing to lose. I'd long been an ardent fan of books about quantum physics. I knew that on some level, we really are the same thing as what we are observing. So, if that's true, I pondered, and it is true, how can I change this reality? How can I change myself enough to change what I'm manifesting? Traditional positive thinking and positive affirmations had already failed me at this point. So that wasn't an avenue that I was going to go down. But where could the answer be? Looking back and digging in a little deeper into quantum physics, I began to wonder, what if I meet myself where I really am and feel how I really feel about this? And then, what if I coached myself up 
in a way that's actually believable to my subconscious, which is where our childhood beliefs are stored. Our subconscious, you see, only understands emotional honesty. The only language it speaks is how you really feel about something. So to grow my beliefs about money and getting out of debt, which I desperately needed to do, and in such a short time frame, I came up with a plan. I used Esther and Jerry Hicks' emotional guidance scale as a model to create my own ascending list of feelings, which I call my emotional reference chart. The most painful feelings at the bottom of the chart are depression and hopelessness. The top of the chart is love and ecstasy. And I intentionally made sure that the improvement between each emotional perspective, between the top and the bottom, is very slight. This meant I would be telling the truth to my subconscious, which I surmised would allow my beliefs to grow as I wrote and then lived my way into each new emotional perspective on the chart. The improvement in alignment between emotional perspectives may be slight, but each new perspective is still an improvement. Getting to the top of the chart is a bit like patiently leading a bunny to take a carrot from your hand. It takes time, it takes persistence, it takes patience, but that bunny will eventually eat that carrot. So by mid-June, I started using my emotional reference chart in an effort that would soon become my official belief-raising process. I could hardly believe how well it worked. By May 2008, when I sold my very last property, I had no debt, I never had a foreclosure, and I did not have to declare bankruptcy. And this belief-raising process still works. It works every time I use it. This series will walk you step-by-step through my latest use of the belief raising process. I will demonstrate in real time how growing my beliefs changes my life. And you can pick up a handbook for those already born, How to Manifest Better Versions of Reality, beginning on September 5th. And you can use this process with me. Of course, if you're listening to this before September 5th, you may want to pick up a copy of one of the books that preceded it. And please make sure to join my Facebook manifesting group and subscribe to my newsletter too, so our connection can continue. The links, once again, are in the description of this episode. Episode 1 explains where and how this all started, as well as setting a baseline for where I began 
my journey up my emotional reference chart as I worked my belief raising process on this part of my life. And each episode after is about how I wrote myself into the next highest, slightly more aligned emotional perspective on the emotional reference chart and how I engaged with the new, slightly more aligned version of reality manifested by my new perspective. And in that process, I actually grew my beliefs. In this case, my beliefs about me being God. I grew them with each step slightly more into alignment with my desires for them until I finally reached the top of the emotional reference chart, which will be episode 16 of this series. That's when my beliefs had grown to love and ecstasy about me being God. And I'll talk a little more about that momentarily. As taught in many of my books, most recently in my upcoming book, A Handbook for Those Already Born, our beliefs manifest the form, function, meaning, and value of our reality. Our beliefs manifest our life. We didn't select our beliefs, though. They were given to us during our early childhood, during a time when we were in no position, nor were we empowered to pick and choose. We inherited the beliefs that our most trusted caregivers had to give us. Because we were raised by imperfect people, every human inherits beliefs that are simply not capable of manifesting versions of reality as they truly desire. In areas of our lives where we know more is possible, feasible, reasonable, this can make life incredibly painful. Any time life is too painful, or any time it's consistently painful for too long, that is always an ideal time to use this belief-raising process. So let's begin episode one of this series with another story. This one explaining my most recent use of the belief-raising process. The use of it that I'm going to share with you in this 16-episode Manifest the Big Stuff series. I realized that I was channeling in the fall of 2021, give or take, about one year before I had planned to retire from my Jefferson County public school job and become the law of attraction science guy full time, it dawned on me that I was channeling information from the non-physical during my runs. I was channeling information from the quantum field when I went into flow states during my runs. Another name for the quantum field we could use is the one consciousness. I'd been growing more comfortable and intentional with my channeling. And by the winter of 2022, I was recording what I was channeling in my Google Keep app during my runs. A year later, 
in the winter of 2022, I was introduced to Gail Craft by another podcast guest named Rita Ernst. And I interviewed Gail on Manifest the Big Stuff, which aired on May 1st, 2023. And that was an explosively propulsive manifesting episode centered around flow states. When I shared about my burgeoning channeling experiences and awarenesses, Gail decided that she needed to introduce me to a friend of hers named Franco Romero. Franco is a powerful channeler in the truest sense. At six months old, Franco Romero died. He went into the light and he came back with clairvoyant abilities as well as messages for humanity. Franco, after Gail introduced us, graciously allowed me to schedule some time with him. And I was very curious to meet with Franco. The most important questions I had for him revolved around my channeling. I was very curious to hear any insights about what was happening to me and any recommendations for me going forward. I spoke with Franco on April 7th. He established such a strong rapport with me that when he told me, You are God, Greg, I actually knew he was speaking the truth. Franco told me that you, me, and all of this make God, not the other way around. He meant that literally, and I understood him to be speaking truthfully. On the surface, I agreed with Franco 100%. I write and speak about how our true selves are non-physical. That is real. About how we are actually energy. And that energy is the one consciousness, or God. We and God are one and the same. I know that, and I teach that. But how absolutely do I believe that? As absolute and literal as Franco meant it when he said it to me? No. And after my conversation with Franco, my decision was immediate. I believed him. I knew him to be telling me the truth. And hence, I also knew that I wanted, maybe needed, to close the divide between what I wanted to believe about me being God and what I actually believed. I also knew that Franco was not referring to me being the biblical God. Of course, I am not that version who is the sole creator of the universe, Christian. Nor am I the all-knowing entity who created the earth and heavens and sits in judgment of humankind. And this is 100% not what Franco was saying. But what was Franco saying? 
Did I truly believe it at my core? Not like I wanted to. So I decided it was time to break out the belief raising process once again. As I'd done many times before, I sat down and I wrote in free form exactly how it made me feel to proactively state, I am God. What follows is what I wrote down in response to that. And what I wrote down became the baseline emotional perspective for my latest journey up my emotional reference chart. The writing I'm about to read was my honest, raw, emotional vomit, if you will, which formed the foundation for my latest use of my belief-raising process. I wrote down, I am God. Then I wrote in free form how that statement actually made me feel. And that's always how to begin this belief-raising process. Let's take a listen to what I wrote that day. I am God. I know this. I know I should know it. I know it's true. I want to know and believe it's true. I act as if it's true. I speak about it, but not confidently. Couching and qualifying and adding softeners, so I'm not exactly asking someone to literally accept that they or we are God. I'm scared of what someone will think of me for believing that I am God or for saying that I am God. Why? What does that even mean? That I'm omnipotent and omnipresent? Nope. I'm not that. That I'm all-powerful? Nope. I'm not that. That I am the source of reality and life? Nope. I'm not that. I can't snap my fingers and change my reality. I am not God. God is God. I believe it as a concept, but I don't really believe it. I believe that I better keep my head down and display a lot of humility. Otherwise, the actual God will smack me down for my hubris. I better throw in lots of disclaimers and caveats because I'm not really God. Not when push comes to shove. I may be God's partner, but I'm not God itself. I'm scared of that idea. What am I really saying here? What am I calling myself? Why? What does it really mean? Because I definitely haven't performed or functioned as God. I'm not doing that right now either. If I were God, wouldn't I have more power? Wouldn't life and reality be the way I wanted it? Either I'm God, but don't truly understand what that means, or I'm not God, because it sure doesn't seem like I am. 
And that was my first writing. Not an awful emotional perspective or an incredibly painful one, to be sure, but nowhere near what I wanted to be or maybe needed to be at the time. Looking at my emotional reference chart, I identified that I was currently at the emotional perspective of worry and nervousness. I was worried about thinking I was God, as you heard me read. I was nervous about what people would think. I was worried and nervous about what it meant for me to entertain that idea and what it might mean for me to believe it, whether it was okay and what people would think of me. So I began my journey up the emotional reference chart at worry and nervousness. The next thing that I did, which is how we use this belief raising process, is I looked at the emotional reference chart, found worry and nervousness, and then looked at the very next emotional perspective on the chart, which is frustration and aggravation. And that will be episode two of this season of Manifest the Big Stuff. I will share with you the writing that I did, writing my way into the emotional perspective of frustration and aggravation regarding the statement, I am God. And I'll also share with you ways that I engaged with the new versions of reality that emotional perspective manifested. I want to thank you for sharing your time with me today. My intent in this podcast is always to help you make the most of your time because there's nothing more valuable. Before we go, as a reminder, please join my Facebook manifesting group today. I didn't mention it before, but you should know that every month in my Facebook manifesting group, I share exclusive content that's available nowhere else. I share about my life, my manifesting efforts, and my engagement with reality. I would love to have you join us. The link is in the description of this podcast or video. Thank you once again for giving me the opportunity to be of value to you. That's an opportunity I never take for granted, and I appreciate it so much. Until we get to meet up again, I hope you decide to make the most of your time, and I'll do likewise. <music>